I have a client, bless her. She's, I think, 66 years old. Difficult, difficult life, but she's just got this beautiful spirit. And one of the therapy techniques I shared with her that helped her stop her panic attacks that she was having, she taught the skill to her sister, her son, her neighbor, her nephew, her grandchild, her grandchild. Uh, one of the grandchildren is in college and had some of the, my words, my words on a index card before giving a presentation and the teacher, the professor read it and said, I'm going to use that. I was like, holy cow, is this, you know, it was a true demonstration of ripple. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom fam. This is Dr. G, and I am so excited to have another episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have with us Karen Robinson. And Karen, you have got to tell the Fearless Freedom tribe all about you and what you are up to, lady. I would love to. So thanks so much for having me on your show today. I am a clinical therapist and a trauma recovery coach. And so what, mostly what I do is therapy sessions for anyone surviving trauma, our active duty veterans, family members, and then those um, surviving kind of any kind of interpersonal trauma. So despite the heavy work I do, I really try to um, and create a sense of playfulness and that healing and being your best self doesn't always have to be super painful. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that is a very, very specific area in which to focus. So, you know, I'm always curious when, you know, people say that, you know, they do specific things like this, where you're targeting a particular uh, clientele. How is it that you got to that point? Like what what was the impetus? Oh, yeah, excellent question. So for me, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. My my family actually lives in Canada. Um, okay. So my mom's was my mom was American, my dad was Canadian, and I grew up in a really dysfunctional home um, with lots okay. of poverty, okay, uh, and lots of trauma. There was domestic violence. There was child abuse. I had a suicide attempt at an early age. And then I ended up running away from home. So because of those experiences, and I actually had a really bad social worker and really bad might not be the right words, but I had it uh, not so much. Mm. This person was not compassionate. 
Fair. He okay. said thanks to me like, hmm, you must have been a really bad teenager or daughter. Um, you know, why are you doing this to your parents? You must be on drugs. You must be slipping around. And those things were not true. And honestly, if they were true, it, it didn't but still, you shouldn't say that, that to a child. To I mean, me. come on, really? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I just, I, from that moment on, I was like, I'm going to grow up to be a social worker and I'm going to care. Like, I'm really going to try to help people and not shame them, right. you know, because you can't, you can't help what kind of family you're born into. You just that's can't. Right. You don't choose it. Don't not choose that. Yeah. So wow. that's kind of how I got started. And, and once I ran away from home, my aunt and uncle ended up um, becoming my guardians. And I, I really just flourished in their home. You know, there was food to eat. That's there important. Was, <laughs> there was heat. Um, yes. And I, I worked really hard at school and ended up getting a full scholarship for university. Awesome. And then I awesome. stayed on and got my master's. And that's how I got started. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you just never, that's, that's, that's it, right? You never know what the backstory is because that is usually the thing. That's your why, you know, you have a very strong why because of what you experienced firsthand, you know, and that makes what you do invaluable on another level, because now you can actually identify with your clients which, you know, that's, that's amazing. That's really amazing. And I'm a firm believer that nothing happens to you that isn't supposed to happen so that you can actually grow from it and, or help somebody else because of that experience. And I mean, that is the things that happened were horrible and no child should ever have to go through that. But now you're in a position where you can actually change the course of other people's lives and many other people's lives, which that's priceless. That's absolutely priceless. So thank you for being Amen. strong enough and brave enough to have made it through that. Because the fact that you were able to do that has made such a ripple effect and impact that is probably immeasurable. And you haven't even told me anything about like mm -hmm. what you do yet, but I know, I just know this because mm -hmm. that is true. what it's happens. So true. When you're passionate yeah. about something, when you have a purpose, you make incredible impact. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, tell us now, clients... so you, um, I'm sorry. No, I'm just going to share a quick story that kind of demonstrates yeah, your point. I have a client, bless her. She's, I think, 66 years old. Difficult, difficult life, but she's just got this beautiful spirit. And one of the therapy techniques I shared with her that helped her stop her panic attacks that she was having. She taught this skill to her sister, her son, her neighbor, her nephew, her grandchild, her grandchild. Oh, awesome. uh, one of the grandchildren is in college and had some of the, my words, my words on a index card before giving a presentation and the teacher, the professor read it and said, I'm going to use that. I was like, holy cow. Is this, you know, it was a true demonstration of ripple. Yes, so, you know, I'm glad yes, you made that observation. Awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Wow. No, that's great. That is great. So you're, you're helping them. I mean, so, you know, we talk a lot 
about facing fear on this podcast. So you're actually giving them tools that allow for them to face their fears and do so very boldly, right? Because you just mentioned that he used that, was it a he or she? That the grandchild used it for, you know, to kind of help before doing the speech. And if that grandchild is anything like me, then they have a fair public speaking. And so, you know, I have to have, I have rituals that I do before I speak in front of a crowd. And so it sounds like he's utilizing or she's utilizing the that index card as a bolster, as something that's going to help, you know, help them to face the fear of going in front of others and speaking, which is, you know, it puts the it puts a chill down the spine of a lot of people. Most people even, because <laughs> they would say like, you know, I find this to be quite interesting, but, you know, they say over and over again that people fear speaking in front of other people more than they fear dying, which I think is crazy, but I could totally understand why. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're, if you're dead, <laughs> no, there's nothing left to fear. <laughs> Rare fear. That's true. That is Fear as an F-A-I-R, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So tell us now, so you um, you found a loving family in your aunt and uncle. You were able to apply yourself because now you have the tools. You have food in your belly. You have, um, you have shelter that is reliable. You have heat. So you're not having to worry about extraneous things. So you can actually focus on what kids should be focusing on, which is learning as much as they can, right? And then you get a scholarship, you go to college, you finish up, and then what happens next? Mm -hmm. I stay at college. I love it. So, you know, I got my master's and then I decided to pack up and move to Washington, D.C., So I did um, inner inner city social work my first couple of years. And I just can't tell you how much I learned doing that with community mental health. I worked with homeless people. I worked with people um, struggling with um, dual diagnoses, you know, some alcohol and drug issues, a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't, people don't understand inner city um, trauma unless you either live it or work hand in hand with people trying to survive. And so it was just a very powerful experience for me. I just really grew to, even though I had uh, a difficult dysfunctional family, it was still very different than, you know, inner city struggles. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, one of the schools I worked in after that uh, community mental health center, uh, my, my students would hide their weapons on their way to school. Like, oh no. You're like, what kind of world is this that, you know, kids have to do this? And right. so, but that was their reality. Hmm. So I've done a lot of stuff since I've, I got my education. I, I worked with the DOD, Department of Defense, for 17 years and got to spend five of those years in Okinawa, Japan with the Marines there. But I, I'm purple, meaning I've worked all services. And even okay. though I'm not, no longer with the DOD, I still... Um, have a lot of active duty um, and their family members, as well as veterans that I, I work with. But I also work with, I work with people all over the, the country, the world, all faiths, all nationalities, um, all, I was going to say all genders, but I guess that's a thing now. It's not just two genders anymore. You know, um, n- no matter what someone's 
sexual orientation or gender preference. I, I tend to embrace and love humans. So that's, that's kind of what I've done ever since graduate school. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. And then, so now you have, so you've had the, you know, you had a varied and very like deep, um, wealth of experience over the years, right? So now you said that initially you, you went right into the fire, you went into DC uh, and you were, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine what the, what the difference might, must have been as far as like culture shock to go from, you know, Canada Maine, and then well, Maine to too, DC. Yeah. Where were you in Canada? <laughs> Where were you in Canada? New Brunswick. It's right by the main border. Oh, so you're by like, yeah. Like no, no diversity other than our native. Um, I, my family live near a native reservation, but otherwise, really no diversity. And so, I think what what that did for me is is like I really wanted to be around diverse people. Like I mm -hmm. wanted to experience different cultures and try different things. To me, it's exciting to get to know different people and and the way that they're living their lives. So I've been married before. Um, I got married in college and then that didn't work. Then I got married um, in my thirties cause I really wanted a beautiful baby. And I was so worried I was gonna have a baby. That marriage didn't work. And so now I'm remarried, but uh, my family- Wow, girl, you friends, are like- <laughs> I know, I, but I'm done. You're like, you I'm know so what? Done. I my am husband... just gonna keep trying until I find a fit, the right fit. <laughs> and I did it. I love I did it. it. I did it because I had a checklist this time, damn it. <laughs> it's oh, like, not, but that's good. You have to have a standard. You have to have the standard. That's fantastic. <laughs> but just to show, like, my first husband was from Haiti. My second husband was from Peru. And then okay. my, my current spouse is um, African-American. He's from Long Island. <laughs> so, oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, our values are so much alike that that that's why this marriage is working. We've sure, been together sure, for yeah. over 10 years. And plus so you're I also, figured it um, but also, I mean, but, that, but that's a real thing though. I mean, because like, you know, we tend to not really know what we want when we're in our teens and twenties, right? We start mm -hmm. learning what we want in our thirties and we really know what we want in our forties. So, I mean, I don't know. Amen. I feel like, you know, um, sometimes for some people, I mean, there are definitely people who meet the person that they're going to be with for their entire lives when they're like 13 or 14. That's fine. But that's not the majority of people, right? Because we right, are constantly right. evolving. And if you are not, the two of you aren't evolving at the same rate, um, or, you know, if you're not like malleable enough to like, if you're not you know, if you're not the same level that you're willing to catch up to the other person's level of evolve mm -hmm. of evolving, then it's not going to work. Right. And this is what happens in our, in our twenties, we're evolving in our twenties. We're finding ourselves yeah. by the time we're 30, we're like starting to really get to know who we are, what we want. And then we really, when we, I call 40, the, I don't want to say it on the air, but like, I call it the, you know, the, um, the, the, the capital F, um, uh, era or decade mm -hmm. because then you're like oh, I don't care what people think about me like I know what I want and this is what yeah. I'm gonna get and I'm not gonna compromise like this is what you start thinking and behaving like so it's mm -hmm. just it's just a funny phenomenon so when you said that I was like oh, okay so that one was probably like in the teens early 20s and then the other one was probably mm -hmm. late 20s early 30s you know, and she's mm -hmm. probably like either late 30s <laughs> and early 40s now like you know and that's just... oh my gosh that's so sweet of you <laughs> 
I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, this is how it I goes, right? So mm -hmm. it's just, just funny that you said that. But I'm glad that you found a match now that is. Oh working. my God, I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> yes. glad because, yeah. you know, we, we don't always, you know, you might go through an entire lifetime and never find a match that is compatible. Um, and then you might, you know, go through several iterations and until you find one. So, which I think is, is admirable as well, because number one, you're able to figure out that the other two were not compatible and then you're brave enough to get out of it. Some people don't ever get out of things that they, they find aren't good for them or aren't going to be working for them. They just stay in it because they feel like that's the right thing to do, which is not good yeah. either. Right. So yeah, no, kudos. Thank you. And I, I also think that the missing element too is when we come into a relationship, we're bringing our baggage and oh, they're yes. bringing their baggage. Yes. And so when you add all the baggage up, it's amazing that any marriage works, frankly, it's a lot of stuff, you know, it is so, a lot of stuff. you know, it's in your late, early forties, late forties, middle forties, you, you've sort of done some work at that point or, or you're like, like the attitude that you were mentioning, like, I know what I want and that's what I'm going to have. <laughs> so, yeah, no compromising. Like, I know. Yeah, but I'm, when I say no, I mean, not that you're like unreasonable, but when I say no compromising, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to bend so that you're not going to be elevated. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to be thinking about, well, no, this is the, the thing that I am going to, these are the items that are on the table for potential removal for the deal. Right. But these are the non-negotiable items as well. Like, so you have both and you know how yeah. to wisely, you know, navigate that, which you're not so much are able to do when you're in your twenties. I found there's some exceptions, but in general. Yeah. Well, you're not going to bend on your values. No, that's what I'm time. saying. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not saying exactly. that, but you know, they're like, you know, no, I'm things. agreeing with you. Yeah, little yeah. things that are like, uh, you know, you know, like when you're 20, you're like, oh, he has to have like perfect toes. And you're like, in your 40s, you're like, whatever, I don't care about the toes. Should, what's, 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 what's he going? What's he doing? Toes. How is he working on himself? I'm just saying like, you know, these are the frivolous things that we think about when we're like 20 years old. And I mean, that, that's not to say that, you know, there are, like I said, there are 20 year olds who are much more mature than that. And they're looking at things like, well, is this person looking to improve on themselves? Is this person looking to, um, you know, create some kind of legacy, you know, with the two of us as a family, are they like encouraging me in what I'm doing? Is there something that I can encourage? And like, you just look at it very differently. You know, that's completely correct. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. is this so funny? now that you're, you're the, I've been on lots of different podcasts and you're the first one I just spilled about my marriages. Oh. I don't know what you did to me, but now all the tea <laughs> is out <laughs> there. You know, it's all good. It's all good. I think that, you know, the reason why that happened, I firmly believe that everybody who I have a conversation with, there is something in the conversation that was needed by the people that are listening to that particular episode. Yeah. And so maybe yeah. there is somebody who is in a situation where maybe they're in a, in a marriage and they're like, well, I don't know, do I get out of this marriage if it's not working for me? I'm afraid of that. So that might be their fear because, you know, we talk about fear and we talk about how we can overcome them and to have someone say that, you know, I, I had a situation where I was paired with somebody and it just didn't work out and it didn't stop me from trying again. Right. And even mm -hmm. after the second iteration didn't work out, 
it also did not stop me from trying again. So the fear of the relationship not working out didn't stop you from pursuing relationships, which I think people also need to be aware of because a lot of times people feel like, oh, you know, it didn't work out. So I can't ever try again because they just feel like the next time is going to be a failure, but it's not a failure. It is an experience and you are learning what it is that you actually want. And so, no, I think that it was perfect that you talked about your marriages. So I thank you for sharing that. I love that. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. No, I love the reframe that the, it's experiences because, you know, I did, at, you know, in my early years, really, I was hard on myself. It's like I had people signing up to see me for marriage counseling and I said to them, are you sure? <laughs> you know, I, I'm going through a divorce, so I want you to know I will completely understand if you want to work with a, a couple's counselor who is in a, a, in a better situation than I am. Mm. I, I just felt the need to tell them I haven't perfected this thing, you know, and most people appreciate it. No one like fired. Nobody's going to change. You're going to be like, wow, thank you. <laughs> you know, if anything, they're going to appreciate your candor because I mean, that's, that's huge, you know, cause you're actually mm. being very vulnerable and open with them. And people appreciate that when someone's working mm -hmm. with them especially when they work, when you're working with somebody on things that are personal, because what you do is very personal. Mm -hmm. And so people have yeah. to trust you. And the fact that you're able to share what you're experiencing, good, bad, ugly, that is helpful for that trust to be built. So, oh yeah. And I was also able to, to show them like, it takes two to make it work. Yes. So I could be the most amazing therapist in the world, which, you know, I'm never going to claim. I think I'm really good at what I do, mm -hmm. but you know, I tried and worked so hard on these relationships, but if the other person also yes. doesn't do their part, you know, and you have to have your grace for yourself. Yes. You can only do yes. so much. Yes, yeah. that is so true. So now I am curious, what is it so, you know, you have had these, there's so many places where this could come up, come about, but I'm just wondering what was the fear 
that you had to overcome in all of this, whether it was, you know, working overseas in a, you know, completely different country where the language is different, like when you were with the DOD, uh, whether it is, you know, with the relationships, whether it's starting the business. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm curious about mm. a fear you had and how did you overcome that fear? Yeah, I think later career makes the most sense because it's the freshest to talk about. Sure. But yes, being an entrepreneur, which, you know, I do have my own business now. It was huge fears after the, you know, working for the DOD is like work being in a bad marriage in a lot of ways. Like it, it was something. Really? <laughs> you know? Oh no. For me. For me. Fair. I should I shouldn't Fair. say that across the board. For for me, like like every time there was a change of command, you know, you have different personalities coming and going. Oh, I see. And then you're if saying. you're okay. And if you're lower level, um, you know, at the beginning of my career, I was, you have all these, you have uh, this huge leadership change and things would get lost and you're on the middle management. I mean, th my job got easier as I got promoted I um, see. in a lot of ways, but still it was really challenging work for a lot of reasons. So anyway, I, forgive me, DOD people who are really happy with your jobs. You know, bless you. Okay. So, but yes, becoming an entrepreneur was, uh, there was a lot of fear into that because mm -hmm. it's, I, I met me being, needing to be more visible, you know, and when you're a trauma survivor, there's a lot of um, uh, subconscious belief about it's best to be invisible because you're less likely to, to get hurt in some kind of way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was mm -hmm. one thing. Another thing when I decided to go into business for myself I had this revelation that I can't have a business solely focused on survivors if I wasn't willing to tell my own story. Okay. So the fear that I worked on overcoming is being more public about my own story. So I have done that by being on podcasts, by um, uh, contributing to books, Mm -hmm. um, with my story, I am working on my memoir now. So that's, that's the, the fear I had to overcome was that vulnerability. You use that word and God bless, um, Brene Brown, Dr. Brown and her work oh, yes. on overcoming vulnerability. Cause it's huge. And so I, I, I took a leap of faith and I'm like, well, this, this could be, I don't know. Am I allowed to curse? I, I won't curse. This could be yeah, very yeah, messy. Well, I mean, However, like, this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I call it a shit show. This could be a big shit yeah. show. You know, yeah, like I thought some people in my family wouldn't talk to me anymore, but was interesting. It was people in my family I wouldn't have expected. And the people I expected were okay. It was very fascinating. Like you can't predict people. Oh, really? Yeah, um, you really can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even as a therapist, you just can't. And so, but you know, I am okay with how it because I told my story you mm -hmm. know and it helps people to tell my story so that's the biggest fear is is using your voice to tell your own story so wow. I hope I answered your question okay. no that was great that was great yeah no that's that's good because I mean your story you always think like man I don't know like I love that you you know kind of went through that mental exercise of well, what is my family going to say? Cause they're in the story. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, they got, these guys are the co-stars. <laughs> what are they going to say? <laughs> you know? So I love that you went through that mental exercise and 
Um, I, I do also find it interesting that the people that you did predict would have a re certain reaction weren't the ones like it was the you know people you weren't mm -hmm. even thinking would respond were the ones that did it so that's that's always um an interesting like um commentary on humans because they do some <laughs> some things <laughs> that you don't expect oh my gosh and so mm -hmm. tell us now how can people work with you well there's a few ways to do that. I think my most favorite way, so if you're someone that wants to work on accountability in your growth to overcome any kind of fear um, or adversity in your life, I have this virtual membership that I want to be global. I mean, I have people in different parts of the country, but my, my goal is, my mission is it for it to be global. And so it's a group of women who um, come together for a coaching call. We do it about once a month mm -hmm. and we work on baby steps in our healing. So the first section we work on is healing from childhood wounds. The second area is any part of a relationship that we want to work on. And then the third is our future, whether that's career, entrepreneurship, um, community service, like all that's encouraged. So that the my membership is called This Is Us. Um, the URL for that is healingfromtraumatogether.com. Okay, so okay. that's the my best thing that I offer. But of course, I do coaching with people around the world. Uh, my website is healthrivedream.com. Perfect. Awesome. 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 Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's very important. I love that you focus on women. I feel like that's, that's really good, you know, because, um, we need it. <laughs> I still see men. Because half the time we don't basis. recognize yeah. what we have issues going on because we're too busy taking care of everybody else and making things right. happen regardless of what's the situation. So, um, I definitely right. thank you for that. So now, you know, we are at the part of the show. Oh, you know, I did have one more question for you. So I'm looking at your logo, right? Because for those who are listening, she has her logo in the background. And it's like at the top of it, it says heal, um, asterisk, thrive, asterisk, dream. And then below it says a mother-daughter company. So that is my question. It says a mother-daughter company. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have two daughters and that's a long story how I ended up having two daughters, but that I, I won't share today, but that's fine. So, um, my daughters are not old enough to be coaches or therapists. So how they helped my company, um, my middle daughter, what she did to help me is she designed the, the embossed logo for our physical journals that we sell okay. you know okay. she designed that and we got those made okay and then and she's and she's my stylish queen stylish nice. queen she's my diva so she has a good eye and looks at any of the designs for the business and then my oldest daughter she's a sophomore in college she does a lot of editing for me like blog posts um the books that i write you know, any presentation she looks over and gives me brutal feedback, let me tell that's you. Lovely. So that's, that's why lovely. I call it a mother-daughter company. Oh, that's fantastic. Love it. Love it. I'm so glad you shared that. Um, and I love that you have the girls involved in the company. I think that is that is awesome. 
That's awesome. Family businesses are, are really inspirational. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Cool. So we're at the point in the show where we do our fill in the blank tradition. Are you ready? Are you ready, Karen? I, for the well, fill I, in the I took the assignments. I took okay, the assignments all right. seriously. All right. All right. Cool. 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 The first one is if I am fearless, I will. Write my memoir and share my story far and wide. Love it. Love it. And then the next one is, to me, fearless freedom means. Stating your truth and telling your story. Awesome. Awesome. And last but not least, my battle cry is. Use your voice. Awesome. Women, Women, we don't do that enough. That's what we got to do. We got to use our voice. Say no. Practicing saying no frees you up for when you really want to say yes. Yes. If you say yes to everything, when an opportunity comes along that you really, really want, you're going to be all tied up with the, with yeah. all the other yeses. Yeah. So no, practice it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us here on the Fearless Freedom Tribe. We really appreciate you. We appreciate all the work that you do and we wish you all of the best with your company and with the girls growing up in such a great environment where they are able to participate in a family business. I think that's amazing. And also continue making the incredible impact that you're making on all of these hundreds of thousands of women all across the world. Thank you so much for having me. Your, your interview questions were spot on. Very nice. Thank you so much.